just feels like something isn't right with Ohio State. I don't necessarily mean maybe not right, but I think it might have been 2015 where we expected so much and like we saw all of the stars and all the different parts and it never just clicked perfectly until after the loss to Michigan State when they blew out Michigan and then they blew out Notre Dame and they in, in played great in the bowl game. I, I, it just feels like it's going to be a situation where it's just not going to all be together. Hello and welcome to Always College Football. Today is Thursday, November 17th. We appreciate you being with us. Greg McElroy, Mark Kubiak, Jack Foster. Thanks so much for joining us wherever it is you're joining us from, whether that's ESPN YouTube channel, or if you're here with us via the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out. It helps the show out. We have a great show in store for you today. It's Thursday. You guys know what Thursdays are all about. It's about the gambling lines. It's about the angles, trying to find some value for y'all. So we're going to try to look at it from every possible angle. Chris the Bear Felica joins the show for that. There's some interesting ones this week, by the way. We've coined this week Lettuce Week. That's according to my friend Cole Kublik. We've coined this thing Cupcake Week. We've coined this thing Look Ahead Week. We've coined this thing Flat Spot Week. Like There are some really gettable opportunities right now if you know which side to take. But this week's going to be more about the X's and O's. Like The X's and O's are important, sure. But this is a psychology week, man. Like, who's going to be ready to play? Who's not going to be ready to play? Well, let's see if we can find some angles where they might not be ready to play, and you might be able to find some value. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. It's Chris the Bear Felica. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence. The confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear more driven all right he joins us every single thursday let's find some angles let's find some value and let's find some winners bear how do i not start with a total that jumped off the page 32 32 minnesota and iowa (laughs) (laughs) how do you take the over bear how do you take the over it's great because uh gil alexander who i do uh show with on visa and quite often a good friend of mine like the first right. thing he said the other day was, how is this total 32 and a half? Meaning, how is it that high? But 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 seriously, right. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> who's scoring? Nobody's scoring. And I mean, the only way this gets right. to 32 and a half is not offensive touchdowns. And I mean, offensively, you've got two bad teams. You've got the massive threat of pick sixes, though. But I sure as heck couldn't take the uh, the over in this game. That's for sure. Or a blocked kick. I mean, hey, let's, it is Iowa after all. I mean, a blocked kick, maybe a couple safeties. Anything's possible, Bear. 
But I, I saw that number and I said, that's what I'm starting the show with this week because that is, is that the <laughs> lowest total on record that you can, I mean, I, I'm not kidding in a college football game. I can't remember one that wasn't weather related that was anywhere near 32. Yeah, I can't. I mean, there have been a couple of insanely low numbers this year, but I don't think any of them have reached uh, 32 and a half. Uh, that, that's for sure. But but again, like I said, how can you in good conscience like, go in and playing in the over <laughs> unless you're just assuming what's going to happen, that, that you're going to get the, the non-offensive scores because you know – Neither offense is going to. No, I, I can I can promise you I won't play it in good conscience, but I'll play it just because <laughs> I can't possibly justify putting money on an under of thirty two. Uh, let's get to tonight's action. SMU Tulane bounce back spot for Tulane Bear. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they still they they still have a a path to the to the uh, the, the conference championship game. Uh, tough loss at home, but 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 again, the fact that you're playing in a, in another high-powered offense gives you. I, mean, I always again, it's just my feeling on this, and you as a player, I'd love to hear your reaction to this. Is that, like I always felt like when you suffered kind of a a crushing loss, like the way they did last week, with with, with anticipation, maybe we could finally get a win over a line team, and you lose a game like that. I love the fact that they come yeah. right back the following week and play another big game against against a very formidable opponent because I think it, it makes Willie Fritz's job that much easier to get his team prepared for this game. I do think I do think it's easier to prepare when you know you have a team that can get you the following week. Um, it'd be a lot. It'd be tougher if let's say SMU was like a fourteen point dog, for instance. Like I'd be all over SMU or a seventeen point dog. I'd be all over SMU, but now with Tulane, you know, a three-point favorite at home, short week, uh, I, I would just lean slightly towards Tulane. I don't love it because it feels public, mm-hmm. but either way, I, I still think Tulane's probably the right side in this spot. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking at a site right now, and it looks like SMU is kind of uh, looks like barely half of the uh, half of the, uh, the, the the tickets are on. Uh, are on Tulane. So, interesting. Yeah, I would agree with you. Hey, I would have thought more people I can live with that. I, I would have thought for sure there'd be a lot more people on Tulane. But hey, I can, now that I know it's a 50-50, boom, wave. Let's ride. There you go. Exactly. Uh, right, moving on. Stay angry. To, to Friday night action. Exactly. Exactly. Friday night action. South Florida, Tulsa, San Diego State, New Mexico. Can I interest you? you, you like Can I interest laugh? you in anything there, Bear? No. So South Florida has already uh, locked up the under four and a half on the season wins. And I can think back to the season and before the start of the year, how a whole bunch of South Florida fans were very vocal and had a lot of nice, kind words for me when I kind of said my straw to my my strongest win total of the year. Actually, no, my two strongest win totals of the year were Oklahoma under nine and a half and South Florida under four and a half. And the South Florida fans were very vocal that I was a, a bunch of things. And here they are, one and eight now, uh, one and nine. I, I forget what they are. And then Oklahoma, it, it was, I think, the earliest. They're, they're under four and a half. I get, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, all I know is so that they're that, under the Those have worked out well. But, but to answer your question, no, I have – no feel or no no desire to play either of these games tomorrow night, South Florida, Tulsa, or San Diego State, New Mexico. 
How do we feel about the stinky line of the week being TCU as a slight two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Baylor? Now, Baylor is one of those teams. It's an early start, right, which I Mm -hmm. don't love if you're TCU. But Baylor Mm -hmm. right now is a little bit tricky to figure out. And, I, I mean, this line, to me, Bear, just stinks to high heaven. Baylor getting absolutely smashed last week. And they had been playing okay in the weeks leading up to it. They obviously knocked off Texas Tech. They knocked off Kansas. And they knocked off Oklahoma. So they've been playing fine. But getting drugged last week, 31-3. And now they're just a slight home dog. I, I want to take TCU, but, man, that feels public. Yeah, no, I, I love Baylor this week. Uh, I think it is a great situation, a great spot. Uh, if TCU can get out of Waco with a win this week, it's probably TCU's most impressive win of the season. I mean, the, the number screams Baylor. The spot screams Baylor. Embarrassed on your home field last week. TCU had the close physical game. Uh, it Texas, and now you're three wins away. You control your fate to get to the – the college football playoff, it's real. Like, and you look back to last year as well, TCU won one of the few games TCU actually won last year. It's a two-point win against Baylor, and that two-point game lost might have kept Baylor from, from being in the college football playoff. But look, last year, last right. week, they were terrible on third down against Kansas State, committed a couple of costly turnovers. Uh, I would expect Baylor to uh, to play a cleaner game. And I, and I think, too, you look at the way TCU's front played, uh, the offensive line, I should say, uh, against Texas, they were manhandled for a good part of the night. Now you get Dave Aranda and the variety of things he can do defensively as well. I don't like the spot for TCU at all. I'm going to be I'm going to be taking the points here with Baylor. The other thing too, Bear, and, and tell me your thoughts on this. I actually think that TCU can lose this game and still get to the college football playoff. This is the only one, though, that I think they could survive because Baylor's just respected enough to where they could say, all right, that's not a terrible loss. You lose a tough one. It's the week after Texas, what have you. But you go on, you still win the Big 12 championship. You're 12-1. and I think you're still in the playoff. So uh, I think for TCU, it's one of those, you knew they were going to be up for Texas. But this one, I'm with you. It's just an odd spot. And, and I think that, you know, there's probably people telling them, hey, man, even if you lose this one, you're still in good shape. And that hasn't that has an effect on UC Georgia in the SEC championship game last year. That's dangerous, though, because I don't I don't think TCU is going to go into that game with that mentality of, oh, we we, we have a we kind of have a have a mulligan that we can. Yeah, I think they feel like they I think they feel like they need to win out. But I'm, I'm glad you said I think they can lose this game. Because people are asking me, what about a one-loss TCU? Well, I'm like, well, when is the loss? Is the loss this week? Is the loss right. next week? Is the loss in the Big 12 championship game? Like, the loss can't be in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, they, they need to – I think I it's the committee psychology. I think they need to be a one-loss Big 12 champion uh, in order to get in. But, 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 but I agree. People talking about Michigan, like if they lose a close game uh, at Ohio State, like they, can they still get in? The answer probably is yes. Uh, same thing here. I think if Baylor were to lose a close game or if TCU were to lose a close game this week and win out, they certainly would have a very viable case to uh, to get into the playoff. Very much so. I think we're on the same page there. USC, UCLA, another massive one involving the playoff. All the pressure feels like it's on SC, obviously. 
Um, we know how this game went last year, but we know it's a completely different regime. It's a completely different USC team. However, I get the sense that UCLA was looking ahead last week. That performance yeah. was unforgivable in many, many ways. And the line is just begging me to take the Bruins. Uh, it just feels like a home dog situation. Everyone's going to be on SC. It's two and a half. SC's minus two and a half on the road. I know the Rose Bowl is not the most hostile environment, but either way, Barrett's a sellout. They're fired up for this one. And this feels like the one, too, that Chip Kelly's had circled for like five years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It just feels oh, yeah. like the right time for the Bruins. Yeah, I, I can yeah, I can assure you that there is a scrapbook of uh, headlines and stories about football returning to, <laughs> to L.A. and Lincoln Riley and offense, right. SC and the Pac-12 and, and playoff. I, I can guarantee you that that is a – a motivating driving factor for uh, for UCLA, but I, I, look, I, I think I don't know if it necessarily needs to be because you hung sixty two on them last year, and the defense is still bad for for SC. And now Caleb Williams is probably going to be asked to shoulder even more of the load on offense now that Travis Dye has lost for the year with the I enemy. Mean, that, that's going right. to make I, I think, in a sense, UCLA's defensive task a little bit easier that they're not going to have to be as concerned with the running game. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think they were caught last week, absolutely looking ahead uh, to this week's game. I'm with you. I, I I think UCLA is the right side. I'm glad to see that the total in this game, well, I shouldn't say glad because I would have loved it to have been a, a bad number like it's been the last three years. But yeah, last three years, totals <laughs> were in the mid-60s, and you, and you had numbers go flying over that, that total. Now they adjusted it rightfully so to mid-70s. So no value with the total, but I agree. UCLA, I think, uh, is the right side. Well, I had seen that at Circa, it opened at 82 and a half. And now, I mean, they all kind of settled in, like you said, right there in the mid-70s. But yeah, I see, still kind of all over uh, the board as far as the opening spread. The board. That's where it is now, yes. Uh, but some of the opens were uh, still a little all over the place, but you're right, they condensed. But either way, I'm with you. I think UCLA at home taking the points feels like the right side to me. Let's talk about the look-ahead bowl. We just talked about one with UCLA. Illinois, Michigan, Maryland, and Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State travels to College Park. Mm -hmm. Illinois, who's been playing really bad football relative to what they did earlier on, playing against Michigan. Illinois catching 17 and a hook. Uh, Maryland catching at home 27 and a hook. I don't know how you don't, and I'm calling Maryland, Ohio State, so I'll abstain. Mm -hmm. But, man, you just look at both those programs, it'd be hard not to consider taking the points, right, Bear, just given how much of an emphasis there's been all season long and all off season on Ohio State-Michigan. I, I get it with Ohio State-Maryland. It is a very high number. We have seen the Buckeyes come out at times this year, start slow, and then, and then kind of win some games in the second half. Uh, we saw them a couple of years ago go to – go to College Park and, and have to survive a two-point conversion uh, to win that game. Like, I, was, I was talking about this last week with, with, the, with the guys uh, prior to the show, and I, don't, I, don't really, I didn't really get a chance to comment during the show. It, it just feels like something isn't right with Ohio State. I don't necessarily mean maybe not right, but I think it might have been 2015 where we expected so much and like we saw – all of the stars and all the different parts, and it never just clicked perfectly 
until after the loss to Michigan State when they blew out Michigan and then they blew out Notre Dame and they in, in the, played great in the bowl game. Like, they, they can't stay healthy at running back. Williams is, is hurt again. And Trevion Henderson, who knows what's going on with him. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, is he coming back? Is his hamstring still a thing or is there something else going on there? I, I, it just feels like it's going to be a situation where it's just not going to all be together at some point. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe next week they'll come out and, and play, play a complete game against Ohio State. They've been pretty damn good. Uh, even without all their guys. But, um, yeah, I, I could get behind potentially taking Maryland, even though offensively they've been so bad uh, in recent weeks. Michigan, I, I, I can't see Illinois scoring on Michigan. I mean, we, we all, we kind of, Illinois was a great story. They won some close games. Defensively, they were great. But there was always the feeling in the back of my mind, like, you can't continue to win games like this with, lack of big play production on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Michigan hasn't been in a game in the fourth quarter all year. I would expect that to continue this week. So if you're asking me who I would rather take, Illinois or Maryland, I would take Maryland. Gotcha. Because I just feel like there's a lot of this, by the way, this week. Look-ahead situations, um, teams that made it through what was a gauntlet. So it's kind of a letdown spot for some teams. It's an interesting week when kind of looking at the psychology of a lot of these games, Boston College and Notre Dame, I feel like, is another one. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to give you another one, too. Uh, UAB and, and LSU. Like People have like kind of pointed that Big line time. out. Like, why is it only 14 and a half? I go, well, UAB's got a really good back in Dwayne McBride, who, who will, the, will the UAB offensive line be able to open up some holes for him? And if they are a couple, they at least they'll be able to shorten that game somewhat. But again, look at what LSU has done the last four weeks. You got the right. win at Florida. You get your rally for a season changing win against Ole Miss at home. Probable upset of Alabama. The, 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 the trap game of all trap games have to bounce back game uh, at Arkansas last week in the cold weather where Perkins goes crazy uh, being ill. Offense wasn't great. Like, how much does LSU have in the tank? physically and emotionally after the last month, knowing that they still got the SEC championship game and they got to go to College Station next week. Uh, look, I don't think UAB is going to go in there and win. It's Tiger Stadium at night, but 14 and a half, it seems like a lot of points for a team that really struggled on offense last week. And, and, just, and, and I, I wonder too, like, I, again, I can't prove this or I don't know anything about but if Perkins was sick last week, and a bug, who's to say that whatever that bug is hasn't spread uh, throughout the locker room? Maybe some guys might be a little little under the weather this week. There's always that, that, that chance, too. But, but I, I wonder if LSU is going to be able to come out with the same emotion and the same intensity uh, that they have the last month. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. I mean, uh, I still think, uh, like I saw UAB on the field against an SEC opponent last year in Georgia. I'm not comparing LSU to Georgia, but that thing got sideways. Um, and I just, I don't know. If UAB is a team that wants to live at the line of scrimmage, and that's not, that's not the fight I want uh, against an SEC no, team. No, not against them. Boston College, Notre Dame, Boston College, Notre Dame another, team, another game where it's kind of look ahead. Notre Dame, SC next week. Of course, the possibility of playing spoiler. Notre Dame's been on a heater, too. It's almost like to this week, they could kind of exhale and be like, all right. Let's catch our breath, and we got one more big one, right, to ramp it up next week. So this feels like a way too many points for me 
If I'm and I don't like Boston College at all. I think they're terrible. But I also think too, three touchdowns and change is probably a few too many for me to lay, knowing that Notre Dame probably isn't going to try to pull out their best stuff. Yeah, but their best, their non best stuff might be it might be enough in this game. Like I, I don't I don't think BC right. is very good at all. Uh, I, I agree with you that it is a lot of points. Uh, yes, BC has looked uh, a little bit better offensively in recent weeks, but we have, ever since making the quarterback change because of the injury uh, to Djokovic. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it is probably a a stay away from me. We've seen BC cover some big numbers in this in this rivalry before. I, I get it. Uh, I, I just have little faith in BC, but but I get where you're coming from. What about Utah, Oregon? Feels like a semifinal for the Pac-12 championship game. Losers out, winners in. I know it's a different regime. I know it's a totally different Oregon team. I know it's a totally different Utah team. But after seeing how badly Utah whipped their tail, not once but twice last year, I cannot, under any circumstances, in good conscience, I can't, I cannot lay the points with the Oregon Ducks. I just can't. I know it's an Otson. I just can't. I saw Utah absolutely work them, not once but twice. How do you assess this one? Because a short favorite at home makes me think the world will be on Oregon when actually Utah might be the play. Yeah, Utah might be the play. I have a hard time personally playing in this game until I get a better idea of how healthy Bo Nix is. Uh, if Bo Nix doesn't play, Oregon will be having immense difficulty uh, scoring in this game. If Bo Nix plays, obviously I think that that, that that goes a long way in helping the Ducks uh, get back after a tough loss against their uh, their rival last week. I'm really not interested in hopping in on this until I would be able to get some better information about Bonix. But does Utah but does Utah being a three point dog, does that indicate that Bo is going to play? Uh I would think it indicates that that he is going to play, yes, because, because I had asked uh, Chris Andrews at South Point last week when uh, it looked like uh, this potentially could be a game that was in the mix for the uh, for, for, for Kirk and Chris and, and Holly to go out there and call. And I was curious what the spread might be. And he's like, yeah, close to a – I have them power rated pretty equally, which means Oregon would be about two or three. And that's where you are in the game. So, yeah, I do think it would indicate yeah. that Bonix would play. If I had to play the game, uh, I would probably take Utah just, again, knowing that it's kind of a helmet game situation for, for Oregon. Right. Makes sense. I think it makes perfect sense. How about Georgia, Kentucky? 22 is the current I'm line. Laying it. I'm uh, laying it's it. been around 21 and a half, 22 and I'm a half in that, point, in that point. You got to lay it, it, right? I'm laying it. Kentucky is a, is a bad offensive football How is team. Kentucky going to score? That, yeah, it, that's, it, it's funny because I'm thinking back to – even the like the Kentucky Tennessee game when people were trying to sell that game is oh be careful I'm like how are they going to score like like they, they, offensively they have a ton of problems uh, offensive line is horrible uh, people just see potential with Will Levis as opposed to actual production uh, it's it's a Georgia team that is highly motivated uh, look, I, I I can't see them getting on the board. Uh, yeah, the game is in Lexington, but uh, Georgia just uh, is too much defensively. 
I, I think for Kentucky, I, I don't think this game is close at all. I'm with you. What about the other one in the SEC, Tennessee and South Carolina? Uh, South Carolina, just not. I don't trust them. Uh, as simple as that. I don't trust them. It's a big number on the road sitting at 21 and a half. But, man, I feel like Tennessee, especially after what I saw last week, they're in it for style points right now. Like, even if the game's out of hand, they're going to continue to keep the pedal pressed. And if that – they might be inside the number, but if Joe Milton goes in the game, they're not taking their foot off the gas. They're going to keep trying to score because they're trying to impress the committee. Ultimately, they might win by 40, right? So I yeah. personally would not feel comfortable taking the point against Tennessee at any point in the remainder either. of the next two games. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I've seen far too much South Carolina football the last few weeks, having them against A&M, having Vandy against them uh, – a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, it's a team that really doesn't have a, an offensive identity. Uh, they have a bunch of injuries still at, at the running back position. I don't know how they score points and keep pace with, with, with Tennessee. This is the only way Tennessee has a, a, a chance to get knocked off in this game is if it's just one of those weird games where crazy stuff starts happening turnovers, penalties, non-offensive touchdowns. Like, like South Carolina is going to have to get a, probably two non-offensive touchdowns in order to be with, able to stay within striking distance in this game. Like, those are the types of things that I think need to stay out. But, but, but you watch Spencer Rattler, it's almost like he isn't taking any more chances, isn't going downfield just because he's scared of making mistakes. Like, you look at his – interception totals they're great the last couple of weeks like like he hasn't thrown many picks compared to early in the year but like his yards per attempt and completion it's just not there it's just a bad bad matchup and i think tennessee goes in there and wins wins very very convincingly uh bear a couple others uh miami and clemson that line's sitting at 19 goodness gracious that's a lot of points uh, Washington State, Arizona, Ole Miss, Arkansas, all interesting games. The fact that the Ole Miss-Arkansas games at two and a half, that had my that my mind was a little messed up there. I obviously like Ole Miss a lot more than I like Arkansas, but I think both teams have their issues up front defensively. Is there anything else right now, Bear, that you're kind of hot on or anything that you feel pretty good about? I Yeah, Arkansas kind of impressed me last week. I thought they played – uh, a really good defensive game. Um, they, they, they got to, to Jaden Daniels. We, we'll, we'll see if they can slow down the Ole Miss attack on Saturday. I'm, I hate laying points like this with bad offenses in a rivalry game, but I, how did, I shouldn't say how does Cal lose to Stanford, but Stanford is so, so bad. Like, like doesn't doesn't Cal win this game easily? What is it, five, five and a half, something like that? I'm, I'm sure it's going to go up to yeah. six or six and a half or maybe even seven prior to the game. But but if you look at, I mean, if you, if you look at Stanford, I mean, they, they are just a complete disaster right now. Like like somehow they beat Notre Dame because Notre Dame basically gave them the game. But you, you, you look at it, 16, 15, 13, 14, seven. Those are the points, their last five games. And the 15 against Arizona State were five field goals. Like, giving up 38, 52, yeah. and 42 the last three. It, it just, they look like a team 
that is licked the stamp, sealed the envelope, thrown it in the mail, and they're done. It's going to be a very interesting uh, offseason, I think, there in Palo Alto. But yeah, I, I think Cal is uh, a rare opportunity for them to lay a number on Stanford, and I think they're going to do that. What about Louisville, NC State? Anything you like there? I've leaned a little bit towards Louisville at home. NC State, I'm just so thoroughly unimpressed with. Oh, uh, they, I just, defensively, uh, they're okay, defense. but how, how do you lose to BC last week? How do you lose to BC? <laughs> they're still ranked in the top 25, Bear. I know. I, I don't know how. It just goes to show you how bad, how many average to mediocre teams there are once you get past the top five or six teams in the country. I have a hard time playing this game until I know more about Malik Cunningham. If Dolman has to play, they're going to have a hard time scoring points uh, against NC State. If Cunningham plays, I would expect Louisville to win the game. Like I knew I was drawing dead uh, last week with Louisville when Cunningham went out. I, I knew I had no chance in the game. And if Cunningham plays, they might have had a chance in that game because Clemson certainly couldn't put them away. But, yeah, in, until knowing more right. about Cunningham playing in the number four, so I don't know if I, that means I expect him to play or not play. I guess it would probably would be more in along the lines of leaning that he will. But at the same time, uh, I, I, want, I want to wait and see on this one. Yeah, I would imagine. Can I talk to you in the Vandy first half? Sure. No, I, look, I had Vandy a couple <laughs> of weeks ago uh, against South Carolina, and they moved the ball at will. They just kept turning it over. And they, they, they very easily could. I was, a, I was a week ahead on Vandy. Uh, I, 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 they basically had, had them the week that they, they were very live and they turned it over and didn't win. And then, and then the following week, they go out and win as a massive underdog against Kentucky. Yeah, no, I, 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 can, I can get on board with, with, with Vandy first half. All right, now we're talking. We're on the same page. The doors, baby. Knock them down. Florida always struggles with Vandy. I've called this game a couple times. Oh, You've yes, yeah, yeah. That's some right. This is your in this game. game in the past. <laughs> this is the traditional McElroy Bowl. Uh, haven't done it in a few years, but yes, I've seen this firsthand. This game, for whatever reason, especially in Nashville, is always a little tricky for the Florida Gators, especially. And watch the temperatures. If it's cold, Vandy plus the points all day long. Just saying. <laughs> so, Bear, great stuff, man. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we really appreciate the time as always. Uh, of course. Can I can I give you one football play of, of the non-American football variety? Is, 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 yes, is, that, is, sure. is that okay or is that cheating? I mean, because we, we got Tottenham the World Hotspur? Cup. We no, no, no. We got the World Cup coming up. We, 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 league play is ceased for the next. Uh, Six weeks or so as we have the World Cup going on, starting on on Sunday. I am typically not a, a favorite player. I've been looking for uh, other teams, thinking that there could be some kind of goofy results in this World Cup. But I don't see. I, I think Brazil right. is far and away the best team in in the competition. They've got a riches up front. Unlike France, they don't concede goals. They've got a great back line as well. And France is a little. Little injury riddled right now on the back line. Complete makeover at midfield. So I like Brazil to win this thing. I think you can still get them uh, at, at around plus three fifty or so. Maybe some four to ones out there as well. So if you're looking for a uh, a tournament long play in the World Cup, uh, I am back in the favorite Brazil. Now we're talking. All right, Bear. That's the type of action we need. This is always college football. It's just you know maybe there's some <laughs> college aged kids on the Brazil exactly. national team. We'll see.
<laughs> awesome, man. We appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Starting your own small business can be a total roller coaster. Between all those bumpy twists and turns comes the actual business side of your business, which can really throw you for a loop. Luckily, with QuickBooks, you can manage your business with confidence from the start. So no matter how bumpy the ride gets, you can always stay on track. New business, no problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Learn more at quickbooks.com. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes hiring all in one place so easy because it takes 10 minutes or less for most small business employers to post a job, according to Indeed Data US. Indeed also has a jaw-dropping pool of talent. In fact, three out of four U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comstore. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com slash always. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 offer. That'll do it for us here on a Thursday edition of Always College Football. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for all that have joined us and helped us out throughout the course of the last few days. Thanks for the interactions that you've provided with us on the YouTube channel. And we've had so many people flooding our inbox. Can't tell you how much we appreciate that. I can't believe how many of y'all wanted to have the conversation about a 12-team playoff that is still a couple years away. <laughs> it's amazing to me, man, the excitement that is building for college football and the direction that we're heading. We're attracting a little bit more of a casual audience. There's no denying that. But either way, I think great days are ahead, not just this season, but in 2023, 2024, and beyond. Remember when everyone said that you know college football was dead because of the NIL and because of conference realignment? Uh, yeah, it's not really the case. We'll explain in the offseason why this sport might be more popular today than it's ever been before. If you look at the numbers... They certainly can back that up, especially on a week-to-week -week basis with how many people are consuming college football games. That'll do it for us, for Mark Kubiak, for Jack Foster. I'm Greg McElroy. We hope you have a phenomenal day. And remember, it's always college football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.